bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living Word with Pastor Mansa Otobi. And now, today's word. So today, uh, we'll focus on the high priestly ministry of Jesus Christ. So my message is titled, Christ our High Priest. Christ our High Priest. Jesus Christ, amongst many things, is our High Priest. We know him as the Savior of the world. We know him as the King of Kings. We know him as the Lord of Lords. We know him as a healer. Uh, But there is another role of Christ that sometimes we forget. And that is his role as a high priest. And um, that role is still ongoing at this time. Hebrews chapter 1, chapter 3 verse 1 will set the tone for what I want to teach briefly before we partake of the Lord's table. And Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. That word confession there means uh, what we believe as Christians. The high priest of what we believe as Christians is Jesus Christ. And and uh, it's a very significant statement because it talks about something Jesus did and continues to do for us uh, in our time. Jesus Christ is our high priest now. It's a role that he was ushered into after his death and resurrection. He's not a high priest unto himself. He is a high priest unto us. So how important is the role of the high priest? Why do we need a high priest? What does a high priest do? And so I'm going to take a little time to explain what a high priest does. Um, and to get that, we have to understand that the role of the high priest originated in the Old Testament. It was established as part of the Old Covenant. And if you read the book of Exodus, and particularly Exodus and the book of Leviticus, you would see a lot of roles for the priesthood and the high priest. The high priest was the most senior priest in the tabernacle and in the temple. And the first high priest in the Bible was Aaron. Aaron was a brother of Moses. And from then on, the role of the high priest passed on from various people uh, throughout the story of Israel. When you look through the Bible, there are different terms that are used to refer to the high priest. Sometimes he's simply called the priest. Other times he's called the anointed priest. Or the priest who is chief among his brethren. Uh, sometimes he's called the chief priest. And, uh, and then other times he's called the high priest. But all those terms uh, indicate that there is 
there are priests. And under the law, there were many priests. If you know your Bible well, you know that the priest came from the tribe of Levi, but particularly from the family of Aaron. But amongst all the priests, one of them was the senior most, and he is called the high priest. So what does the high priest do? I'll talk about three things uh, that the high priest did in the Old Testament, then we'll bring it to what Christ does for us. The first thing and one of the most significant is that the high priest makes sacrifices for the people. He makes sacrifices for the people. This is one of the most important tasks of the priesthood of the Old Testament. And the high priest being the most senior priest would be the one who makes uh, the most of the sacrifices for the people. Uh, the life of Israel uh, was based around sacrifices to God. And God dealt with them based on their sacrifices. And the high priest was a very important a player in that and the and the biggest sacrifice he made was made on the day of atonement where he had to go to the holy of holies to represent uh, the people before god so the high priest makes uh, sacrifices for the people secondly the high priest represents the people before god so when the high priest goes to the to the presence of god he doesn't go alone by himself he goes with the people now, how can the people go with him when he is alone? Exodus chapter 28 verse 29 tells us how the people get to be with the high priest when he is before God. And he says, so Aaron, Exodus 28 verse 29. So Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel on the breastplate of judgment over his heart. When he goes into the holy place as a memorial before the Lord continually. So whenever the high priest went to the presence of God, he went alone. He went alone. But the Bible says that he went with the names of the people. How, how did he do that? Uh, the garment of the high priest was designed that he, he would have a, a breastplate. Something at, at his chest area. And on the breastplate were written, or was written, the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. All the 12 of them, 12 of them are written on his chest. So when he goes to the presence of God, he goes as a person, but he carries the whole nation with him. So there, there is something he's doing as an individual, but in doing it, he is representing the people before God. So when the high priest went, and prayed before God as a person. He wasn't the only one praying. The whole nation was praying with him. Why? Because their names were written on his heart. On his chest and the breastplate. That is very important when we come to the New Testament. To see what Christ also did for us. So he represents the people before God. He carries them wherever he goes. He carries them to the presence of God. The third thing. Uh, that the high priest did was that he releases God's blessings on the people. So he takes the request of the people to God and he takes blessings from God to the people. And so he stands between God and the people. He takes a request to God and then takes the blessings from God to the people. Leviticus chapter 9 verse 22 and 23. 
This is after, this is an account of after Aaron had made sacrifices. Uh, and, and the Bible says, then Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people, blessed them, and came down from offering the sin offering, the burnt offering, and peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the meeting and came out and blessed the people. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. So I hope you see what is happening. He goes alone with the requests of the people and then he comes out. And when he comes out, he doesn't come alone. He comes with blessing from the presence of God for the people. And so the Bible says here that he comes and releases the blessing. And as he releases the blessing, the glory of God comes upon all the people. So the high priest plays a very important role. He makes sacrifices to the, uh, for, uh, uh, for the people. He takes the request of the people to God. He brings the blessing of God to the people. And after he returns, that blessing comes upon them. And the, and the blessing uh, God gave the high priest specific words to speak to bring blessing to the people. In Numbers chapter 6 verse 22 to 26, uh, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons saying, This way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. And these words, when he spoke them upon the congregation, brought the blessing of the Lord upon them. And that is why when I'm dismissing a service, I speak these words. Because these are the words that God says you speak over the people to bless them. The Lord bless you and keep you. So, the role of the high priest in the Old Testament was a shadow of what Christ was going to do for us. So everything you see the high priest doing in the Old Testament was telling us what Christ would do when he comes. Because the Bible says the Old Testament was a shadow of things to come. When the Bible says that something is a shadow, it means that it precedes you. It's almost like when when uh, you are going somewhere. For example, where, where I am now, there is light behind me. And, and, and the light hits me and throws a shadow. So if I was walking in front of you, the first thing you will see will be my shadow before I come. And when you see my shadow, it tells you I am coming. And that's what the Bible says the Holy Spirit, the Old Testament was. It was a shadow. It tells us somebody is coming. And that person who is coming is Jesus Christ. So Aaron was a shadow of things to come. The sacrifices he made was a shadow of things to come. The blessings he gave was a shadow of things to come. But the real high priest came later on after Aaron and his name is Jesus Christ and he's your Lord and your Savior. So we go to the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 9. And this is what he says, verse 11 and 12, Hebrews chapter 9. And it says from 11 and 12, but Christ, but Christ, I like that. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with greater and more permanent, more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is not of this creation, 
not with the blood of goats and cows, but with his own blood, he entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. The first thing the passage says about Jesus Christ and his role as high priest is that he is the high priest of good things to come. Good things to come. I believe good things are coming to you this morning. Wherever you are, if Christ is your high priest, good things come to you. And, and because that is what he's ministering. He doesn't minister condemnation. He ministers good things. He ministers good things. Then he, say, he says that his high priest is greater. And he offers sacrifices in a better tabernacle. I wish I had time to explain all of that, but these are very powerful statements. Aaron, as high priest, went to a tabernacle made with hands. And look at the glory and the power that came with it. But Christ enters a tabernacle that was not made with hands. The true tabernacle, the heavenly tabernacle. And that is why the Bible says he is a greater and uh, high priest and he offers a more perfect sacrifice. So he's a high priest of good things to come. What did Christ do? Three things. First, like the Old Testament high priest, he also entered the most holy place. He entered the most holy place. And the passage says he entered it once for all. Now in the Old Testament, the high priest enters every year. So if Aaron goes to the most holy place this year, next year, at the day of, on the day out of atonement, he'll go. And next year, he'll go. Every year, he has to go. But Christ did it once and concluded it. And he doesn't go and come, go and come. Because he offered a once and for all perfect sacrifice. Why did Christ go only once and doesn't go again Point number two, because he entered with his own blood. The sacrifice he made was not of goats and bulls and cows. Because the life of a goat cannot be a propitiation for the life of a human being. A human being is of a higher value than a goat. So the high priest, what he did in the Old Testament was temporary. What Christ came to do was permanent. He entered with his own blood. His own blood. The blood of Jesus Christ was higher than the value of man. In other words, he paid and overpaid what was required for us to be saved. And when he paid, and he paid it so well that there was nothing else to be paid every year. That is why Christ doesn't have to die yearly, yearly, yearly. He died once and for all and settled the case Forever, And the Bible says as a result, he obtained eternal redemption. 
Not a short-term redemption, not a part-time redemption, not an on and off redemption, but eternal redemption. That is why when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you don't get saved and unsaved, saved and unsaved, born again and unborn again, uh, made clean and, 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 and unclean. No. What God has cleansed, let no man call unclean. When he saves you and redeems you, it is an eternal redemption. Jesus Christ did the same thing that Aaron did, but he did it higher. Aaron goes to the temple in Jerusalem. Jesus went to the tabernacle in heaven, the true tabernacle, and offered his blood. As a sacrifice for our sins. And he did it once and for all. And, and he's not going to do it again. He will not come again to die for the sins of mankind. He's done it and completed the task. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1 and 2. Then gives us some further note. Hebrews 8 1 and 2 says. Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest. Who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens. A minister of the sanctuary of the true tabernacle. Which the Lord erected and not man. We have such a high priest. Who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Jesus Christ, our high priest. On the day he died and the day he resurrected, presented himself to the father, offered himself as the sacrifice, offered his own blood in the heavenly holy of holies once and for for all. And when he went, just as Aaron enters the holy of holies with Israel, with him, Jesus also entered with us. That is why the Bible says we died with him. We are raised with him. We are seated with him. Why? He did it alone. We were not there, but he carried us in his heart. He carried us and we entered the Holy of Holies with him. We got forgiveness with him. We were raised with him. We are seated with him. The shadow of the Old Testament is fulfilled in the reality of the New Testament. What Jesus Christ did, he didn't do for himself. He did it for all. We were with him in his death. We were with him in his resurrection. We are with him in his authority. Hebrews chapter 10, and that's the last passage. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11 and 13. And it says, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. It's talking about the Old Testament uh, priests. They, they offer the same sacrifices over and over. If you took a goat today and you offered the sacrifice, and uh, next time uh, you, you, you wanted your, your forgiveness, you had to go and get another goat and they'll make a sacrifice. If it's a sin offering, uh, you don't do one offering and be free forever. You keep doing it over and over and over and over and over. And, um, and so 
in, in Israel, in, in, under the Old Testament, they were making sacrifices literally around the clock. Because the people sin around the clock. So constantly the priest is making atonement for the people. And then on the day of atonement, the high priest goes and does the big sacrifice. And then the next year, you go again and do another big sacrifice. And then the next year, he goes. So that's what the Bible says. Every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take sin away sins. But this man, this man, which man? Jesus. This man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. When Jesus had finished his work, the Bible says he sat down. When somebody does something very serious and sits down, he simply wants to tell us, finished. Assignment completed. And the Bible says he sat down waiting till all his enemies are under his footstool. There is nothing more Jesus is ever going to do for you. He's not going to heal you. He has healed you. He's not going to forgive you. Forgive you. He has forgiven you. He's not going to give you freedom. He has given you freedom. There is nothing more he's going to do. If, if you're going to ask him, Lord Jesus, please, please do this for me. He's not going to do anything again for you because he finished what he has to do and sat down. So somebody said, well, if he has finished what he's doing and he has sat down, then it, and, and I'm in trouble, it means, pastor, that my case is beyond Jesus. <laughs> Maybe you say, uh, it means that maybe he didn't, he didn't finish doing this. But if you look at the passage, it answers your question. He sat down from that time when he made his sacrifice. He sat down waiting. Waiting for what? Till all his enemies are made his footstool. So he's not doing it again. He is waiting and capturing the enemies and putting it under his footstool. But guess what? He's not the only one who sat down. The Bible says we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. We are seated in him. So when he sat down, we also sat down. So in, in God's reckoning, my friends, your case is completed. In God's mind, your healing has been done. Your breakthrough has been done. Everything you need has been done. Then what is left? Wait. Because he's going to bring everything under your feet. You don't get up when he hasn't finished putting everything under your feet. So now maybe sickness is not under your feet, but it's going to be under your feet. Just wait. God is going to put it under your feet. Maybe you look at it and you say, oh, but, but I don't have, I don't have prosperity. I don't have much. Wait, because he's going to put it under your feet. Oh, but I'm fighting this battle and this enemy is fighting me. Wait, he's going to put it under your feet. Don't get up. Don't get up. Don't be worried. Don't be anxious. Just wait. Because he has finished the job and he's in the process of bringing everything 
under your feet. I came here to tell you, God is bringing things under your feet. All he says is, sit down and watch. Sit down and trust me. The problem with us is we don't like to sit down. We don't like to sit. We don't want to rest in the Lord. We don't want to take it easy. When God says sit down, we say, Lord, no. I have to do it myself. I think if we had the chance, we would go into the Holy of Holies ourselves. But he says, it's done. I am sitting down. I am waiting. In other words, when Jesus Christ finishes work, he completed everything that is required. But there is a battle to be fought to actualize what he has done. And that is where we sit and trust him and see him bring everything under our feet. The legal case is settled. Whatever is needed for your healing is settled. Forever, whatever you need for salvation is settled. That's why when, when we, a, a sinner needs to be saved, we don't, we don't say, well, uh, we, are, we are making the altar call. Come and give your life to Jesus Christ. And then you come forward to give your life to Jesus Christ. We say, Lord Jesus, they've come. Uh, can you please go to the cross again and, and die because there are new people for you to save. Uh, please finish it. And, and then, okay, you finish dying. All right, I receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and say, is that what we do? No, we reckon that he has completed the work of salvation and these people are the new people he has brought under his footstool. And all that we do is wait till he brings the sinners home one at a time. Some get saved today, some get saved tomorrow, some get saved next 10 years, but we don't wait ask for Jesus to die again. We just wait because he's bringing everything under his feet. The same thing with healing. He has healed you. He has made you well. There is no prayer you can pray for healing beyond what Christ has done. So if you are sick, you pray, Oh Lord, heal me, oh, heal me, oh, heal me, oh, heal me, oh, stamping your feet, stamping your feet. He has done it. By his stripes, he's not going to be whipped again. You don't come and say, Lord Jesus, look at my sickness, please go back and take more lashes. No. By his stripes, we were healed, finished. Now, we are waiting as he brings that sickness under our feet and we wait and watch him subdue every sickness and every disease and every infirmity and every pain and every distress under our feet and this morning as we partake of holy communion he says remember me remember what I have done remember what I've already achieved for you and just sit And watch me subdue everything under your feet. And that is why taking communion is important. Because it helps us to remember what Christ has already accomplished. And we wait on him. And we trust in him. And we believe in him. And he subdues all things under our feet. And this morning... A lot of things will be subdued under the feet of Jesus Christ. I don't know what enemy has not been subdued yet. But as we partake the Holy Communion. God is going to subdue something under your feet. 
Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has made a once for all sacrifice. He's not going to die again. He's not going to suffer again. He's not going to do anything more again for you. He has done it all. Now we wait and see him bring us into the total victory that he wants us to have. So this morning for our communion service, I don't know what enemy you want to see subdued under your feet. And I don't mean enemy, your boss at, at, at work. <laughs> don't, don't, go and, don't go and say, uh, Mr. So-and-so is my enemy. God, bring him under my feet. That's, that's not what Jesus was dealing about. He's talking about the conditions of our life. Whether it is sin, whether it is sickness, whether it is a, a demonic harassment, whatever it is, he's bringing it all under our feet. Are you ready to watch Christ bring everything under your feet? This morning as we obey Christ in what he told us to do in remembrance of him, as we walk in obedience... We trust him to subdue every enemy under our feet. We trust him, our high priest, who has gone to purchase our redemption. He has gone to purchase our healing. He's gone to purchase our deliverance. He's gone to purchase our prosperity. He's gone to purchase everything that we need. He's purchased it. He's not going to purchase it again. He's purchased it. And now we trust him. To subdue whatever condition that bothers us under his feet. Christ Jesus, the resurrected one, the great deliverer, he brings everything under his feet. If you are ready to partake of communion, just lift up your elements before God. Lift them up. If you are watching online, lift them up. The bread, the wine, lift it up. As we bless these elements, there is no distance in prayer. What God can do here, he can do wherever you are. As by faith, we trust him and sanctify these elements for his use and for his glory. We bless you, Lord, O oh God, the king of the universe, the ruler of the universe, who has sanctified us. And set us apart for your purpose. You have sanctified the earth. And today we present these elements from the earth. This bread and this wine to you. That you will sanctify them. You will set them apart today. That Father as we partake of them in this sanctuary and all over the world. In our homes. In our cars. Wherever we are as we partake, may your presence be with us. And may these elements minister to us the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. May his completed work be manifested in our lives. May his strength be our strength. May his victory be our victory. Today we receive the blessing he brought out of the holy place over our lives. As Aaron blessed the people, we receive the blessing of Christ over our lives. And we ask, Lord, that as we partake of this bread and this wine, your blessing will pursue us and overtake us. In Jesus' name, amen. I give to you today that which you have received, 
that the Lord Jesus Christ, the night on which he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. The same man also he took the cup after they had eaten and blessed it and said, this is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth my death until I come. Do it in remembrance of me. So Lord Jesus, we remember you this morning. We remember you in our fellowship, in our worship. May you be present and may you be manifested at this table, in your name. Amen. Now take your bread. And if you live, as you lift it up, say with me, Heavenly Father, I receive today the finished work, the completed work of Jesus Christ, my high priest. I receive his blessing over my life and into my life. Today I declare that all my enemies come under my feet. I walk in victory. I walk in abundance. I walk in favor. I am the head. I am not the tail. I receive the body of Christ for the completion and perfection of every situation in my life. In Jesus' name. The body of the Lord Jesus Christ, take and eat. And as you eat it, receive whatever you want to receive from him. Receive his deliverance, receive his healing, receive life, receive strength, receive victory. Receive it now, receive it now, receive it now. It is coming under your feet. It is coming under your feet. It is coming under your feet. The enemy is defeated. And you walk in the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. Now take your cup. Say with me, Heavenly Father. I receive today the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that was shed for me. The blood that speaks good things for me. I receive your goodness. I receive your mercy. I receive your supply. I receive your help. I receive your strength into my life, into my spirit, into my soul, into my body. I walk in victory from this day onwards. In Jesus' name, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, take and drink. And as you drink, just thank him for the victory he has given to you. Announce your victory. Announce your victory in him. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebi. Email otebi at centralgospel.com or call plus 233 302 688 000.